Um, I was on my job site yesterday and uh, turned out that one of the crews did not uh, quite finish their job and responsibility. So for some of you construction guys, you know what a punch list is, right? So I'm on my punch list duty and we're going through and it's like, man, there's a ton of blue tape everywhere. This is you know, and I'm trying to get this thing done. I want to get paid. I want to get this over with. And I find myself just having a good old-fashioned pity party. I'm literally down on my knees with a rag, with a scraper, just trying to take care of the most, you know, minute thing. And just, you know, I'm going like this. My attitude, the whole thing. And so, you know, there's another guy that's there helping me. And he's just almost mute, you know, just, just, you know, he's in his own little world and I don't really know him much. I think I remembered his name and, but somehow I worked my way over to him, just kind of just, you know, like that. And finally, I was just like, so Chris, tell me about yourself. How'd you get into office furniture? You know, so we started talking and the next thing you know, um, so do you got a family? Oh, lightens up a little bit I got a four-year-old son and we go in he's trying out to take his training wheels off and next thing you know I mean five minutes later all of a sudden I feel compelled to say so where are you going to be at in five years wow I don't know Russell how did you get into this and this and that next thing you know we're sitting there and our energy levels up and and suddenly my pity party is long gone and I'm engaged in to who I am in a work of God while I have a rag in my pocket and a scraper in my hand, walking around doing a punch list that I just absolutely dread. And guys, this is just what I want to suggest to you with a simple example of what I was dealing with yesterday, is that this subject of the vine, when you talk about principles or things that we can learn from Scripture, it's just one or the other. As we abide in Christ, you're either thriving or you're dying. There's no real in-between. And guys, I was right on the in-between. My attitude, I was headed downhill fast, and suddenly something sparked, something quickened in my spirit that said, no, 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 this isn't what this is about. Chris, tell me about yourself, please. You know, And next thing you know, we're moving into a place where, man, within 45 minutes, I'm abiding. And, and this is the stuff that you guys deal with. Every one of us here are dealing with things in our marriages, our children, our workplace. Every one of us are facing deals that are challenging our attitude. And I would suggest to you in light of John 15 that you're either thriving or you're dying. And, and, that, and that has everything to, to do with your connection with the Lord. Guys, I want to... Um, I want to just anchor our time tonight. John 15, I only have about 150 hours in, so it's a huge issue of discipline for me to just stay focused. So we're just going to pick a couple verses, and, and one of those, um, we'll read this uh, together. And, it, and it, I, lo- I love this verse because it packs in, um, uh, it picks up several different uh, aspects of where it is. This talk tonight It's about abiding, but it's a little bit of a spin on spiritual disciplines to focus on one area. Um, So let's get into this together. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. 
You guys keep your eyes on that for a second and notice a couple of the, the verbs that are in there. He who has my commands, I want to pick up on that as, as a knowledge, that that is the knowing as we experience this. And he who obeys, that's the doing. What do we, once we get this, once we get the knowledge, then it's, it's a responsibility, a call to action. But then all of a sudden we pick up this third aspect that he's the one who loves me. Where does that thing, you know, come out in the manual? Like we go to school, we read the manual, we go, you know, do the test or, you know, take the action. Where in the world has love got to do with coming into this? And I would suggest to you that's the variable of the spiritual life. That's what makes the difference between a secular versus spiritual conversation in this realm. So let me ask you a question or frame it from a spiritual discipline standpoint. Um, in my scenario that I was facing yesterday, maybe some of the situations that you're facing, how do you create space in your life? I've heard it said that the two biggest tactics of the enemy in terms of hindrances to our relationship with God is one, apathy, and the second thing is just good old-fashioned busyness. What does your schedule look like? What does your finances look like? What do your habits look like that would keep you so busy that you don't have time or space, mental space, emotional space, physical space, because you're just exhausted all the time, spiritual space? And I would suggest to you it starts with just taking a holistic evaluation of your life, of where you are. We had such a joy last night to visit with some friends that had just six months ago moved to Telluride, and they went back home to Atlanta. He grew up in Atlanta and actually went to high school with my wife, and so here they are coming back to Telluride. They're about to have a baby. They've been married for six months. They're telling us their story and all this, and something happened from the time they left three weeks ago to the time that they returned. And part of the breakfast conversation that we had this morning was talking about the craziness and busyness and traffic and all the stuff of Atlanta. And I grew up in that, so I totally get it. But suddenly our conversation said it's a lot more subtle than that. It's not just traffic and people and busyness and population. Now we're finding that, you know, we're busy with Facebook. We're living these virtual lives that we go all the way to Telluride and people are consumed virtually with the busyness of living this, this life that's just not even real. And so guys, I just would like to encourage you to, to take stock tonight of what is taking up space in your life that's hindering your relationship from God. And I would suggest to you it's not just your schedule. And really, you are the one... You're the only one that can really answer that. So let me, let me give you, for some of you guys that are a little more visual, let me, let me give you a, uh, a picture of this for, from a discussion standpoint. So a little bit of what Gary alluded to with knowing, and we, we first become a Christian, and we're so supercharged, no offense, Maddie, and we're like, we got the books, and we're going to take the class, and we're going to go, and we're going to learn, and I'm going to be the best Christian ever, Right? And we, you know, and we are so filled up with our knowledge of what we're going to do that somehow the being aspect of the loving and how it assimilates in our lives suddenly gets choked out 
And then, you know, we're somewhere in this balance. And, and all of us go through this. So this isn't a criticism. This is just an observation where, where are you at tonight? Where are you at in your Christian walk, the season of life that you're in? And then somewhere along the way, maybe it's a couple years or, you know, move into the season, and you kind of say, yeah, I, you know, I, I, my spiritual gift is, is evangelism. I'm a street guy, man. I take, I bring the heat, you know. I mean, so that's, that's what I do. You know, I, I bring people to Christ, and I'm not so much on the discipleship part, but I love preaching the gospel, you know. I just, it's an example, you know. And so you are all out there, do, 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 do. And then next thing you know, five, six, seven years, something happens, some crisis hits, some disappointments begin setting in, and then you find yourself slightly delusioned with, man, I got no juice in the tank left. I'm, you know, I mean, my Christian life, my connection with God is completely related with what I do for him. And then that moves us into this arena of, of, of being. And so, it, again, these are just very general just, just to evaluate as you create space, where are you moving? Where are you at today in your abiding with Christ of the verse that we just read on, on the knowing and the being and the doing? And I would suggest, you know, ideally that we're looking at a balanced approach, that when you look at the next slide that you'll see just the balanced image of what that is and what that looks like. And you see just you know, the wheels that kind of work, that that you just function in the rhythm of that. And I would suggest that there's another level of conversation in terms of what I'll call spiritual disciplines or practices, that one conversation would be just creating space, or another word would be simplicity, that we would have a holistic conversation on what are some of the spiritual disciplines that would give us somewhat of the uh, balanced life. So, Again, where Gary was suggesting, it is all about relationship and our, with, with the Lord. And to be all being, we would end up being a monk in some monastery cut off from the world. And there's times that maybe we need that. But, you know, we have a day job, right? <laughs> so we're out there working this out with our family and so on. So let's go back to the John 14 passage and let's just look at it once again with maybe some different eyes. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. As we spend time with the Lord, this, this concept, as, as we live in the tensions of knowing and being and doing, that there is a relationship that's being formed with the Lord that you begin experiencing God's love to you and even just as important that you get to know who the Lord is. He reveals himself to you. And that is a, a big idea. My father-in-law is sitting in the back of the room and one of his all-time favorite quotes that I'll never forget till I meet with Jesus is an old classic A.W. Tozer quote. Any Tozer fans in here? Okay, so... What comes in your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. That's a very big idea because it is a connection with, you know, first of all, do I really believe it? But secondly, what really represents me? And and if the most important thing about me 
has everything to do with my view of God, then um, you know, we have to kind of sit on that a little bit. But what I love about that is that idea gets developed as we live in the tensions of knowing and being and doing, and we saturate ourselves in the love of the Father that he reveals himself to us, which then we better understand who we are. And that's a little bit of what Gary was sharing with us tonight. So let's take it a little bit further. So for the guys that um, may be a little relationally challenged in here, just break it down for you. I spent a lot of time with guys, coffees, lunches, meals, taking hikes, spending times with guys. I haven't taught this. I'm still thinking about it. But this is just something I'm slowly observing as I spend time with men. And it really landed um, a week ago when I was in Tulsa. When you meet with a guy for the first time, like we're suggesting the idea and the value of meeting with wise guys, right? Okay, I'll take a risk. I've never had a mentor in my life. Actually, I had one and it really went bad. So, you know, I'm going to step into this thing really slow. As you enter into a relationship and, and you say, hey, maybe I have a question. you have any background with this? Essentially, at the entry point of relationship between um, maybe an older and a younger man, you're essentially coming in with some questions that, hey, I, I'm the first to admit I need some wisdom. And so, you know, I'd like a little bit of counsel. Would you transfer some of that to me? And as the relationship grows, I mean, he can... I mean, that guy might as well be Jesus because he might have all the answers, but you don't really know him. And so, you know, how does that reconcile with his life? So as the relationship grows, you kind of get some proximity to, hey, I hear Russell talk on Wednesday night, but how does that work on the job site, you know, the day before? You guys know what I'm talking about? (laughs) And so here's the next question. You know, what does he do with that? How does his actions line up with that? And so as you spend time walking with these guys where you're in proximity to their life, that, yes, you know, the counsel is sound, but then the actions begin living it out. It's the old principle of parenting that more is caught than taught, right? You guys remember that? So, so here, here, this is something that's just a bit weighing on me. And, and I probably... Uh, picked it up by a couple of men, Pastor Garvin being one of them, where just who is he? And it isn't even so much about what he says or what he does, but I literally feel the weight of that man. And this really hit home for me because I was in Tulsa last week and I was sitting we, we were at this conference, and they set up some housing for us, and we went over to this guy's house. It was a beautiful home, sitting out by his pool, and a couple older gentlemen, a guy in a 60 and a guy who was 72, you know, and, uh, and then this guy who was hosting us. He was probably early 60s. I didn't really know him. I knew he was a business owner. Obviously, he had a nice house. His wife was nice. She made cookies for us, you know. And all of a sudden, after some light chatter, it was, it was night and we had a full day, he kind of leans in a little bit, this 60-year-old guy, and he says, okay, Russell, I've really wrestled with this idea and I just want to throw it out to you. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and you'll direct your path. Russell, I find that it's easy for me to move into trusting him and initially I lean on, I don't lean on my understanding, but I quickly drift back into my understanding. Do you ever wrestle with that? And that, and, and when that guy sat and leaned into me, it wasn't even so much about the question. I felt the weight of this man and the significance of him wrestling over decades of not leaning on his own understanding and the weight of him trusting God. And it was almost like a transfer of spiritual equity of his wrestling with God to me. And I felt that in my spirit. Turns out, I find out later, this guy runs a billion-dollar business with employees all over the world. And I just happened to hit his website off his business card he gave me. He just landed an $80 million oil drilling contract in Saudi Arabia. I mean, it was just like, you know. And, and then, you know, then you're back to the actions and the counsel. But anyone know what I'm talking about when you just feel the weight of a man where you know it's something in his spirit that it reckons with our spirit where it's a kindred spirit and it lines up with all these things and and there's something in that that I don't know how to exactly describe tonight but it's something that resonates deep within me within my relationship with God and I would invite you to just maybe think with me a little bit is that as you create space for relationship, that you see some of this in, with some of the guys in your life. But this, we see that, the counsel of the word, just, hey, I've got a problem, Lord, and, you know, where do I go? There's a concordance here, and I need some answers, you know. But then we begin lining that up with some of the actions and things going on with the way that God is working and doing things and so you know you're in and it builds your faith but then all of a sudden there's something in this relationship that you just sit in his presence quiet alone with him and you feel the weight of God upon you and there's something in that that grips you and gets a hold of you man that you're changed and you're different and somehow it just begins to make sense does anyone know what I'm talking about I, I can't believe I'm even teaching this because it just kind of, it went from a groaning this morning to just, you know, I hate teaching this way, cause it, but, you know, here I am. I'm all out there, right? But that's, that's the, that's the, there's something in that of the abiding in Christ. And where are we going with this? And I would suggest to you guys that it's, it's not that complicated. Look at who you hang out with. I had a guy call me today. Russell, I got a miracle that happened. Call me. I don't even know this guy that well. I really don't. I've had one lunch with him. I had a miracle happen. And this whole job transition, and he's moving to Greenville, and his family, he's got to rent his house, and he got it all lined up, and it all happened in like 72 hours. And he's celebrating, and he calls me. Who do you call in your times of deepest hurt? And who do you call in your times of greatest celebration that can truly rejoice with you? Who are your friends that you hang out with, you have fellowship with, that you 
enjoy a good barbecue or whatever. You know, that's the tell, guys. There's no mystery to it. The people that you call in those times, those are your friends, right? And what we're doing here is we're building friendship with God. Do you like hanging out with him? And does he like hanging out with you? And when you press into him and draw near to him, does he speak to you? And can he trust you with his heart? And can he entrust to you his kingdom ideas for you to go steward with a rag in a, in a job site? It's tough. <laughs> Here it is, fruit that remains. Guys, this is it, man. This is a promise. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name, and this is my command. Love each other. Guys, I've really wrestled with this. You know, you can't take a U-Haul to heaven, and we've heard some of those cutesy little phrases over time. But I, I've come up with this, and I'm still testing it, but... I mean, commodity is a language, especially as business folks, we, you know, we work with and, you know, everything from widgets to whatever it is that you, you have in your wheelhouse in, in the workplace. But the only commodity that we're taking with us is relationships, guys. What's your spiritual portfolio look like, fellas? Not a question to shame, but just a question to just take stock of how you're creating space and as you make room for a relationship with God you will find you can't help yourself to begin building meaningful relationships with those around you starting first with your family and it's those relationships and those kingdom relationships that get expanded that's what your spiritual portfolio is guys it isn't about a rag and getting on my hands and knees cleaning a construction site or traveling somewhere, or putting some business deal together. It's about the relationships that God has entrusted into you. I've really been thinking about this. Some of you guys are facing some serious stuff. There are guys in this room that are facing lawsuits. There's guys that are facing, you know, major issues within their business. They're I mean, just some of the stuff that you guys are facing is horrendous. And I don't, I don't even want to pretend to have an explanation of why and what that is. But could it be that God has anointed you to be in this place, to be salt and light, that he's entrusted you with those relationships in this time and place? That could it be in what looks hopeless in a, in a simple but complex business situation that God anoints that conflict to be able to create a tighter bond, to forge that relationship, maybe years from now, for redemptive purposes. We look at our situations like this all the time. And God may have very well anointed what feels like hell to you because he wants to bring heaven in that person's life. This is not easy teaching, guys. But this is what it is to abide. And as we build friendships with God... The overflow of that is it gives us opportunity to ask him for anything in his name. And the anything has everything to do with relationships. I'll close with this. 
The same guy that was sitting at my kitchen table this morning, moving out to Telluride, something happened in our kitchen this morning. And just was getting a clue in on this that, you know, I, I sense that God may be just, you know, I, I feel like I have, he's so timid in his language, I feel like God is maybe saying or whispering, I'm supposed to do this, but I'm just not sure. And it was just, it was just so clear. God was moving this man from Atlanta to life of simplicity for a purpose and a call. And there was something in that man that he was so timid about that in that moment in my kitchen with he and his wife and his little baby on the way, to fan and to flame the gift of God that is inside of that man. And it felt like in my spirit that that man literally was being called with a purpose to be the ambassador for Christ and tell you right. And we spoke that out in Jesus' name. Guys, I am chief among the sinners when it comes to timidity, when it comes to just a rag and having a pity party. But could it not be that God wants me to be an ambassador for Christ right where I'm at? That's why we stir up courage in this place. That's why we build one another up in community. That's why we need counsel of one another. So when we leave this place, we're armed and ready for whatever God has entrusted for us. But it starts in everything, in creating the space, getting quiet before the Lord, so he can speak very specifically to who you are, who you are, who you are, who you are. So it helps define what you know, what he wants to impart to you, so that you're ready authoritatively to go out and do the work he's called you to do. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for the word. I have no idea how that just came out of me, but I thank you, Lord. And um, Spirit of God, I just pray that you would deposit deeply into these men, that they would not be timid in their work, timid in their families. God, I just I pray a, um, a move of just leadership. These men would be able to lead their homes, their families, not be timid in that. That you would raise up and fan into the flame just each, every one of these men have been given influence that they're called to steward. So God, we thank you for tonight and just um, let it just deeply resonate that you desire friendship with us. What an awesome thing. And so, Lord, as you desire that friendship with us, let it overflow at these tables tonight. Let it overflow in our conversation. Let it be fruitful. Um, And uh, we just commission these men in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. Sorry we went a little bit over. Not too sorry, though. So, got eight different topics around the room. And uh, just you guys go enjoy. Thanks, guys.